Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. It's called Do For One, and in, in all of this, this has been a series that we've been in, and, and the first week we talked about the man on the mat, and we identified the person who's on the mat for you, and we realized that those people who, who did that, and it's not important to, to go back to that right now, I just want to let you know where we've been, just briefly, because it's going somewhere, we're all going somewhere, and we want to be there on purpose, not on accident, and so then, because we're going to a place on purpose, you understand that, that people identified with a man on a mat, and, and this guy's friends took him all the way to Jesus because they believed Jesus would change his life. And so I challenge you to write down three names of somebody who was in your life that you knew was close to you, but far from God on a mat, if you will, and pray for them, invest in them, write their name down, take them a cup of coffee, etc. Start pouring into them and believing that God can change their life just like he changed you. Because I think when we come, we kind of overlook that. That's one of the things that we assume a lot of the times as Christians. And so the second thing that, um, we talked about was preparing week two. We talked about preparing the place. You can tell the Grove is being prepared for people. It's being prepared for the people that we identified for you, that you identified. And so then if, if you missed that, that's, a, that's an amazing message. But the end of that message was this. A man fell dead, and Paul went and put his arms around him, and he loved him back to life. And the person on the map for you only needs that. They need love back to life. And then last week, we talked about the inconvenient thing of doing for one person. When, it, when really, we can just talk about the Great Commission and, and say, yeah, that's easy, and, but how do we make that personal? The inconvenient thing is laying yourself aside for a second to go, hey, I see you. I see you, and I know, and I know that, that life has been brutal. I've had so many people text me going, hey, I know that it was a really long Friday. It really was a long Friday. Thank you so much. And so then seeing the person and being able to go, okay, I'm willing to do the inconvenient to get this person to Jesus because I believe that ultimately he saved me. He changed my life. He forgave my sins. And so this week, we're going to talk about the reason. Everybody say the reason. The reason. The reason. And so then, have you ever wanted to get better? If you've ever wanted to be better at something in your life, will you raise your hand? This will apply to you. We had this saying when I was coaching, and, and, and it doesn't matter about the success, but we had this thought or this, this attitude. It was a mindset. It was, it was an acronym, GBE, get better every day. And we believe that you're not going to be the same. You're either going to get better today or you're going to get worse. There's, there's only hot or cold, black or white, red or yellow. It doesn't matter. All those, all of that. And so then I'm either going to wake up and I'm going to attack the day. We were having a discussion with our kids. They've been put in school. They finished their third week of school. And, and we were, we were grinding one morning. I said, Hey, this day is either going to regret meeting you or you're going to regret meeting yet. So then. We're going to get better today. So then go and lead in all those things. And that's how it goes. And so then, as Axe is like, you've left me before. You've left me. And so then, what makes you better? What makes you better? You have to have the attitude of the mindset of like, well, one, I want to be better, right? But what makes you better is not maybe a degree or a uh, doctorate or a master's. Some of us would say, Google makes me better. Google helps me on the spot every day, right? And so then... You have to have something in your heart that makes you want to be better first. So if you don't want it for yourself, nobody else can want it for you. 
And we can see it for the one in our lives, right? We can see it for everybody. We're like, man, if, if you could just figure this out. And the reality is we can't say that. We could, well, I've said that before. And many of you have probably said, hey, if you would just stop doing this, your life would, would get a lot better. I saw a meme the other day. Um, so grandma, she's 99. And, and she was asked, if you could say one thing, if you could say one thing to the world to help them live a better life, what would you say? And she said, stop complaining and your life will be better. That's the truth. There's gospel all over that. And so then in that, you have to want to get better. It's real easy. Your perspective will shift and you can really see things as negative if you want to see them or you can see them positive. And so then wisdom tells you that Google's not the way to go, right? That it's convenient and it's easy, but it's not really what makes you better. And so what makes you better is people. Blake said it's fellowship. We call it community. It's a synonym of fellowship. What makes you better is people. So then you got to figure out who you're with and how they're shaping you. Because the sad part is what makes you worse is people. Right? We all know that bad company corrupts good character. Right? And so when it comes down to it, getting better, being better is, is the difference between living life on offense and living life on defense. And if you're not a sports person, bear with me. In golf, it's a little bit different because you get to attack the course. And so it's you against the course, right? In the weight room, it's you against yourself, right? You have this thing that you want to do and, and, and exercise and fitness. And, but when you're in sports, what happens in, in sports, and golf is a sport, by the way, but it's not a team sport. Team sports, what happens, there's two sides. There's offense and defense. And offense is the best place in the world to be, okay? It's very comfortable because here's how the offensive coaches come in. What do they do? Great. Here's what we'll do to, to beat that. That's the end of the game. That's how it goes. Now, if you coach defense, here's what happens. The defensive coaches come in, they go, what do they do? On offense, obviously. And then it's, we, we say, oh, crud. Well, if now we start chasing a bunch of ghosts. Well, if they line up in this, they could do this, this, and this. Well, week four, because we have some tape that we shouldn't have, they did this out of this set, so we should prepare for that too. And so you go and you chase all of these ghosts. You do, you create all of these what ifs on defense. And then on Friday night, you just hope that it works out where when you live life on offense, it's essentially, Hey, what do I got today? All right, let's go Lord. It's that easy. Does that make sense? And so, so much of my life, I lived on defense. I was preparing for what ifs. Well, what if, uh, if this happens, what if that happens and this happens this morning, I had three plans. I had three plans. And plan three happened. That's okay. I was offensive. I was proactive in that, not reactive to it. Does that make sense? And so then it's not that we're just great baby makers. It's our fifth child. We've done this before. We know how it happens. Okay. And we were done at three, but God told us to multiply. And so we multiplied. We didn't just replace ourselves. We brought more, right? So Lord, the Lord needs leadership on the earth. Okay. Here's what happens when we come together. If people make you better, then you need to be around better people. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You're iron. And you can't come to a place and look at me or Blake or Pastor Robert or Lindley or, or anybody in here, Patrick or Travis, and say, well, they've, they know that better than I do. No, they have something that's going to make you better. You have something that's going to make me better. We all sharpen each other. The Amplified Version says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion, fellowship, community. Community. 
knowing that bad company corrupts good character, you got to figure out who you're going to sharpen yourself with and realize that that's really how you get better. That's really how you get better. And so then you have to value the relationship, right? Because we can come and be, we can come and be fake all day long. Come here, boy. You want a drink? Why didn't you tell him that? Okay. When we identified those three people, we identified them. You can't touch that. Okay. When we identified those people, what we asked was, who do you know that's close to you from far from God? And here's, here's what probably came up. This has came up to me before. It's why would I want to pour into that person? They've done X, Y, Z. I love them, but I love them like this. As long as I can keep them here. Okay. A lot of my family operates like this, so I can, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to be offensive today. But when that happens, you need to realize that Jesus put that hand down. And the reason that you love them is because Jesus loved you. And the reason that you pour into them is because Jesus poured into you. There it is. And so then, all these people are looking at me. It was better at the chair. All right. God made this really simple for us. It's Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You don't have to look it up. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. If you'll do these two things, everything else will take care of itself. And so then we value people. We value relationships. We value community. We value growth. Everybody say growth. Growth. To grow, you have to get better though. To grow, you have to get better. If not, it's not growth. It's mediocrity or just riding the current, right? And I'm just being honest with you. God didn't call you to ride the current. God's not called anybody to maintain. He's called them to grow, to build to be better. Everybody say better. better. There's this quote that we're going to put on the wall in here. It says this one year. Of, if you want one year of profit, grow a garden. If you want 10 years of success, grow trees. If you want a hundred years of riches, grow people, grow people. That's the great commission. Make disciples, depth, growth, right? And so then which is the cost of the church? One of my favorite phrases is, if you want to go fast, go alone. I did that a lot until the Lord slapped me across the face and said, hey, it'd be a lot more easier if you just get some people to go with you, okay? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with people. Go with people. Growth. Growth. We have to surround ourselves with people who sharpen us. Now, here's the reality in all this. We're talking about being better. 59% of our country is done with the word church. 65% of the city that we live in, Fort Collins, is done with church. Okay, that's a Henry Barnapole stat. You can look it up. And they're done with it because it's not what it was intended to be. It was intended to be what we have here before and after. The community that we have with like-minded people. We're like family. Why are we like family? Because we are. Because we look past it and you're able to be real and authentic with each other. And that's really appreciated. By the way, when there's drama inside the church, that's pretty healthy. That means nobody's being fake. So, so I had to deal with some drama this week here. And guess what? That's awesome. That means we're dealing with real people walking through the door, not somebody who's, who's coming on with the front saying, oh, my life's great. How are you? You're great. I'm great. We're all great. Great. All right. See you next week. We'll be great together then too. <laughs> right? Right? I can't stand that stuff, man. And so then church, the church is not about width. It's not about how much we can do. It's not about numbers or how much anything. It's about depth. We want roots. Yeah. We want roots. And so it's, what the, it's what's in the Bible that we want, that I want in your heart so that you can be grounded. So they can be rooted so you can grow. Now, that happens best in relationship with each other, in relationship with God. 
And then we all come together under that. That's called community. That's Acts chapter 2, like verbatim. Talking about Acts 2, this is uh, the day of Pentecost is Acts 2. We're at 40, I'm going to give you 42, 44, and 47. And if you can't tell, these, this is what God's put in my heart by now. It's crazy. I've shared these so many times. I've shared them so many times. But Peter's preaching a sermon and he's talking about community. He's talking about the church. The church is a body, not a building, right? And so then Peter tells us as the first church that we should be an authentic group of people looking to grow together. And so Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to breaking the bread, and to prayers. Now all believers were together, it's 44, and held all things in common, were together. Praising God, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people, and, and the Lord added to them those who were being saved. There was growth. There was growth. And so the point, is that, the point of fellowship is to be together. You're not going to fellowship alone, okay? There is a time that I have every day with God, and I just call that my chair time. You are going to have that relationship with God. And you're going to have those one-on-one relationships with others, and especially those ones who you're praying for right now, right? But for, for fellowship to be real, there must be authenticity. Or it's, it's just fake, right? It's, hey, I saw uh, Jerry on the playground today. He said, life's good. And that's as far as Jerry's ever going to go with me. And so then I know that the acquaintance I have with Jerry is really great. Hey, you good? I'm good. Great. Kids are great. Wife's great. School's great. 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 Just great. Okay. And it's, and that's anybody know people like that? Not willing to go one level lower with you. There's no depth there. That's very shallow. And so somebody said, amen. amen. And so then authenticity means this. It's first John one, seven, eight. I often reference, reference Romans with this, but I'm going to take you to John today. But if we walk in the light, everybody say light. As he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. You have to believe that. Cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's squeaky clean. If you fall down seven, you're going to get up eight. Okay? Nobody's perfect, including Dusty. Okay, and so then fellowships, what happens when we get honest with each other, then we have to get honest about who we are, where we are and what's happening in our lives. We have to do that with each other. Right. Or instead, or or it's just fake. And so then here's the deal. Authentic fellowship requires courage and humility. And that takes a lot. We talked about the inconvenient, like that's it. It means facing fears of rejection or being hurt. Why? Because this person's not willing to go that deep with me. And so, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be the one to lead the way and I'm going to go just a little bit further with them. And because I'm willing to, they're either going to receive or they're going to shut down. And if they do, that's not the time to get in their face and open the Bible and start quoting scripture to them. Time to go. I love you, man. I'm praying for you. And then you come back and you do it again. And you come back and you, and, and you say this, the rejection and all that, I, I tell several of our, our team members this on a regular basis. When people reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus in you. It's the light that's coming out of you that they have a problem with. It's not you. When they accept you, they're accepting Jesus in you. Yes, you're great. We're all great, aren't we? <laughs> but they're accepting Jesus in you. So then when people reject you, shine it. Throw it behind you, let's go. Acts 2.44, you saw they were committed to each other. There's unity. 
To have unity, there must be community. For community, there must be real life, right? In 47, we saw growth got added to their number. It wasn't Google that added to their number for their head knowledge, right? It was the faith that they believe in their heart. And so then there was authentic fellowship. There was community. There was unity. It was real. And the truth is this. Today, real people want to be around real people. Real people want to be around real people. And we're after a church full of real people, gathering with real people to get real better. That's it. Growth. And so then, for us, it's not about building a church to say that we have, you know, there's now 128 seats in here, okay? There was 101. We have the capacity for 175. Do you care about that? No. No, you don't. Can I be honest with you? Neither do I. I want this seat filled. I just care about this one right here. This one. And then I'm going to care about that one and that one. It's about one person. And if everybody does for one what we wish we could do for everyone, the seats would be filled. And we'll have to say, how many do we have today? We don't ask that question. Okay? It gets text to me. It's like, great. How m-? My question is this. How many new people? How many salvations? How many p- What's the opportunity for us to point to somebody new? And who prayed the prayer of salvation? Who do we get to walk with and help grow? That's it. And then I challenge you to what? Come back. Just keep coming back. And so then God made this real symbol for us. And I told you this in Matthew. It's 22, 37 through 43. I'm just going to paraphrase. Love God with your whole heart. So many times we come here and we get all caught up in all the stuff that we have to do. And God said, you have to do nothing. Love. Walk in love. With me and with people. Be in relationship, be in community with people. And if you believe in, my, in what I'm sharing with you today, then there's your action step. Here's how we're going to do it. The series is, is the way. It's do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Here's how. You're going to get better. To make disciples, we have to be disciples, right? And so then we get better through you. We get better through you. Not through how great Dusty is or how great Blake is or how great Pastor is, how great Ryan. We get better through us. When you get better, we get better. Here's what I know. When I get better, he gets better. When I get better, my house gets better. When I get better, my wife gets better. When she gets better, I get better. It's synergistic. And so then, when you get better, we get better. Here's the good thing. When you win, we win. When I win, you win. Unity, it's community. So how do we do that? How do we do that? There must be unity around what we believe. Everybody say better. 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 The people are the engine of the church, okay? I'm going to take you to Ottoville, okay? The people are the engine of the church. Now, if you have a big, beautiful car, how many of you guys know a car is not worth anything without a motor? You can polish it and wax and say, man, I can't wait for the day we get to drive that thing. And it's going to be good. It's not worth nothing, and it's not going anywhere. The engine is the power. The engine is the way, right? And so then we're not going anywhere without the motor. Who's the motor? You're the motor. You are the motor to the car. And so, again, I don't care how much you wax it. I don't care how good the carpet is. Guys, we just wanted to get out of 1985, okay? That's really it. We just want to make room for people so that when you come in the doors, you're not underwhelmed and go, oh. I want people who come brand new to walk in the doors and go, oh, wow. They prepared for me. These rows are 100% even. Our team did an amazing job prepping this whole place for you this week. They did incredible for you. And for the people who aren't with you, that's why. 
not so I could shoot this video to like 17 passengers. Look, guys, we've got these seats now. They're green. And it's not for that. It's not for that. Okay? And so there must be unity to have unity. To have unity, we must have community. To have community, we must have relationship. That's relationship with God and each other. And we rally, we rally together in the name of Jesus. It's Jesus. So then we have to create community, and that means unity around the reason. Everybody say the reason. So I have an analogy for you. I need you to participate. So if you're asleep or, or whatever you do, when you do what you do here, okay, don't do that anymore and, and pay attention. If you're watching people walk by, okay, I'm, I apologize. Window treatments are coming. We're on a budget, okay? So whoever's leaving, just hang out. Here's the analogy. On the count of three, I want you to yell your, your favorite color to me. You have to yell your favorite color and you have to yell it at me like you're just as mad as a fire hornet at me, okay? Fire hornet. I don't know what that is. On the count of three, your favorite color, you're yelling it at me. Are you ready? Yes. If you're ready, say yes. Yes. Okay, your favorite color. One, two, three. That's amazing. What'd you hear? You heard everything, okay? You heard everything. You heard, how many of you guys heard your color? You heard your color because you said your color, okay? But all the other stuff was just noise, wasn't it? It's just noise. And the church is making a lot of noise. We have a lot of individuals, do a lot of individual things, believing that it is the cause or the reason. The reason is Jesus, okay? And the person is that one that we've identified, okay? And so you heard a lot of noise. Now that noise made how much impact? Zero. A lot of noise, no impact is what you heard. And a lot of times the church is filled with individuals fighting for their reason instead of our reason. Our reason's growth. Our reason's growth. We want to see people come home to find Jesus and grow a relationship with him so we can grow together, so we can sharpen each other, so we can be better. Better. So life's not what it, what it typically tends to give us, right? And so our thing is what? Better. Discipleship which takes relationship with God with people, which equals community. You guys with me now? We're going somewhere. Now, what kills our thing more times than not is your thing. This is hard, but it's true. So I'm going to give you an analogy. We had these, uh, we were, <laughs> oh my gosh, we were doing this uh, church in Tulsa and I had a guy who just was wholeheartedly believed that having a cycling club was going to build the church. Okay. Now, if you want to cycle, you want to gather some friends and have a small group who cycles and does all that, amazing but as i said i said hey uh jim when you do that do you guys pray oh no no oh, okay well okay good uh is there any scripture you guys share anything any biblical principle whatsoever no we don't do it either okay that's not gonna build the church okay keep riding your bike i'll see you sunday <laughs> and so then in all of this we understand that that our thing that our thing is the thing and your thing and our thing should be the same when it comes to building the kingdom of God. We want to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Fort Collins, at the Grove, as it is in heaven. And so then, why? The reason is this, and, and here's where many people mix vision up. Vision is not what you say you do. It's how you accomplish what you've said. Everybody can cast great vision. I can say we want to and we're going to, and by golly, but it's how we accomplish what we've said. And we've said we're here for people. We've said we're here to build relationships. We've said we're here for community. We've said we're here for depth. We're here to grow in our relationship with God 
and with each other. So we can rally together as a like-minded community of faith. Everybody say, yeah? Yeah. And charge the streets. Remember week two, it was all about the insider and the outsider. We have an insider's club right now. We want outsiders here. Yes. Until outsiders get here, it's all transformational growth. People just go from this church to that church to that church to that church. And heaven doesn't change. Heaven changes when people call in the name of Jesus. That's what we need. That's what we need. And here's what you see in Acts 2.42. It proves and promises that authentic fellowship leads to friendships, which build relationships, which create community. And when all of that is centered around our relationship with God, he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means us. It doesn't mean this building. It means us. That means the hell that you experience in your life, you overcome because of Jesus. Yes. So then let's go back to the analogy. Remember that favorite color? It sounded like garbage, didn't it? It did. All right. Now, let's say everybody in here just got a brand new favorite color. We all just got a, we all together today just got a brand new favorite color. Okay. And your favorite color is now green. Now, listen, my favorite color isn't green. Our favorite color is green. Do you get me? So then on the count of three, as, as fiery as you were about your favorite color, you're going to be just this much more for our new favorite color. Okay? So it's pretty simple. So on the count of three, you're going to yell green. That's our, that's our thing, the reason. Okay? On three, we're green. Ready? One, two, three. Green! What'd you hear? Green. That will change a city. That'll change a city. That's why I came to preach today. That'll change a city. It's the power of God. Why? It's not about the color. It's the unity around the color. Has nothing to do with the color. So I got to go out and get a green shirt now. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's the unity around the color that makes it great. And so then, that impacts our city. That brings people to Jesus. The reason is people, because we want to see growth. Because when you get better, we get better. Amen? Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.